again, everyone. We are so glad you are here. You have no clue. Um, we take this time in our service to allow people to share what's on their heart for prayer requests and praise items. So we want to take our request to the Lord. It's about the tongue. Does anybody have any issues controlling what they say? I thought this would have probably applied to most people today, so I thought we'll go down this road. Again, you let the Lord speak to your heart this morning. We're going to briefly look at James chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 12, but we're going to start down that passage just a little bit. The Word of God says in James chapter 3, in verse 5, it says, Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, and of birds, and of serpents, of things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame, it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Today I want to get you started with the idea again of controlling your tongue and maybe preachers controlling their tongue. I thought this was pretty good from Van Morris. A little boy was sitting sadly on the curb beside his lawnmower when along came a preacher riding a bicycle. The minister noticed that the boy appeared discouraged, so he thought he would try to help. Hello there, said the preacher. How would you like to trade your lawnmower for this bicycle? Sure, said, uh, sure, mister, said the little boy, and he went on his merry way. Well, a few days later, the boy and the preacher crossed paths again. And the preacher said, I think you took me on our trade. I keep cranking that old lawnmower, but it won't start. Well, you got to cuss it, said the little boy. Well, I can't do that, said the minister. I'm a preacher. I forgot about cussing a long time ago. The little boy answered, just keep on cranking, preacher. It'll come back to you. <laughs> Have you ever been in those kind of situations and the frustration grows and grows? My dad's here today, so I can't tell a bunch of stories about me and him working on cars together. Um, today, we want to look at this idea of controlling the tongue, but even more, where I hope we can get to today, is the heart, because it's actually from the heart is the wellspring, and out of that is where things flow. Let's look briefly here together. Again, go down to verse 1. The first thing we want to see this morning, the first paragraph in James 3, is accountability of teachers and teaching. And again, for those of you guys that aren't here every week, we are making our way through a book of the Bible. So I'm just going passage by passage, and it always seems like... Just one corny and a small Verse 1, the NIV, New International Version of the Bible, says, Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. And I want to challenge you today, especially those who you have any kind of teaching ministry, that teaching God's word is a large responsibility, and there is an accountability that comes with that. And so we need to be careful that we don't take it lightly. I know sometimes in our setting we have small groups, small numbers of people, but even still the Lord will hold us accountable as teachers 
for the words that we share with the students listening to us. So I really would challenge you as teachers today that you would be prayerful in your teaching, that you would be minding the Lord, that you would study hard, that you'd ask good questions of people you respect and you trust, because we want to make sure that we are up to the standard when we're teaching the word of the Lord to others. And teaching can be difficult, but here's the thing, and I think we notice this in our own church, your students are going to watch your life as much as they're going to listen to your words. Hear me out today, teachers. We want to do our best to live the life, right? The last thing we would desire to be is a hypocrite. Now, unfortunately, we know there are no perfect people, and teachers will stumble. And here, I want to say this so clear this morning. That's why I put it in on the screen. Ultimately, our trust must be in the Lord and not even in the greatest of teachers, right? Teachers will come and go, and we want to really respect teachers that the Lord uses to encourage us, but at the same time, we need to make sure that our trust is not ultimately in our teacher, but our trust is in the Lord who saved us, amen? So again, all believers, we need to recognize the power of speech, but especially, James says, teachers. Then he dives right into this idea of the little tongue. Look down at verse 3. The little tongue does big things. It's amazing what a little tongue can do, right? It's, uh, I've been corrected by many little tongues in my life. Verse 3, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal, or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body, and it corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Here James gives three examples about the tongue. And the first one is a horse. Do we have any uh, equestrians out here today? Like, I've been on a horse just a few times. But I remember when Wendy and I and Isaiah and Brooklyn, we went down to Gatlinburg, and we got on this, and it was a beast of a horse what I was on. I mean, he was massive. I don't know how much he weighed. And I'm like, oh, Nelly is what I'm thinking, right? <laughs> What's going to go on here? And it's so amazing that a trained horse, what you can do with a trained horse to steer it, and what is steering that horse so often is a bridle and that bit in its mouth. Just a little thing is moving this huge animal. Think about your own words and the power they have for good or the power they have to destroy. Has anyone ever tried to hurt you with their words? We know what that's like, right? Have you ever been lifted up, though, by somebody's words? Again, even just the smallest of, how are you doing? I'm praying for you. I love you. Just some of the smallest words, like a like a bit, like a bridle, can make a huge difference. The second one, of course, you guys know me being a fisherman and being a person who loves boats, is this idea of a rudder. And I like the idea there of even the sails. Uh, I watched a movie on our 16-hour flight <laughs> over to India, and it was like the precursor to Moby Dick. And they were putting the sails up on those ships, and they were massive. And when all the sails were extended and the wind took off, those things would fly. But they were so huge. I don't know if you ever had the opportunity to be on one of those old sailing ships. But some of them are as big or bigger than this room. But again, to steer them, what does it take? 
It's just a small rudder on the back of that boat that can guide that whole massive ship. And again, the same way our words do the same thing. The third illustration he gives, again, is very simple, and that is just a little spark could make a huge difference. Let me read to you from Rubel Shelley about this. More than a thousand firefighters battled a wildfire for two weeks in the Black Hills of South Dakota. The fire started on August 24, 2000 and was not contained until September the 8th. Meanwhile, over 80,000 acres of valuable timber was burned. A 46-year-old woman, Janice Stevenson, was arrested on suspicion of starting the fire. If convicted, she faces up to five years in prison and a $250,000 fine. She could also be billed for the cost of the blaze, which authorities say may run into the hundreds of millions of dollars. Federal investigators who filed charges against Ms. Stevenson say she admits stopping by a road on August 24th, lighting a cigarette, and tossing the still-burning match on the ground. Rather than putting out the fire, an affidavit said she looked at it and decided to leave the area. Like starting a forest fire, it requires little effort to produce a wildfire with our tongues. Rumors, half-truths, grumblings, sarcastic remarks, hurtful things said in the heat of anger, all these smoldering matches have the potential for burning down acres of morale, family peace, and church unity. The tongue is a fire. And again, I hope you hear me today. This is really important that you see it's not just a fire for destruction. We're used to the tongue being a fire of destruction, aren't we, right? We know what it is for somebody to dress us down and to tear us up with their words. But that same power with the tongue is there to lift someone up and to build them and to encourage them and to help them be what the Lord would have them to be. So here's what I would challenge you this morning. How are you using your words? Again, a bit and a rudder, incredible work when used properly. But how are you using your words? Let me give you three proverbs that go along with this idea of the power of words and the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18, verse 21, the tongue has the power of what? Of life and death. That's pretty strong, isn't it, right? And those who love it will eat its fruit. If you will have the Lord help you control your tongue, you will have a blessed life by your tongue speaking like it should speak. I'm getting tongue-tied on a tongue sermon here this morning. Proverbs 13.3, He who guards his lips guards his life, but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. How many of you like to speak what comes right to your mind? My wife is laughing at me right there. Do you, or anybody else in the building that you process out loud? Oh, Lord help you. I'm one of those people, right? So instead of like, thinking and processing and studying and questioning, what I do is I start bouncing things off of people. What do you think about this? What do you think about this? Have you ever uh, said words quickly and then you came to regret it? One of my friends from college, we met them up uh, at, at their house one time, and I thought, oh man, she has really done something to her head. And I started to speak out, and this other lady said, Travis, I don't think you want to say anything. No, no, she's done something to her head. I said, Debbie, what's wrong with your head? And she just kind of looked at me, and she's like, it was a big pimple on her head. And I was like, oh, no. 
Your words ever get the best of you? Right? Again, I know that's kind of a funny illustration, but the truth holds. Those who guard their lips guard their life. Amen? So learn to let the Lord help you control what you're saying and what you're letting out. Proverbs 21, 23. He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from calamity. Right? These are really good words, aren't they, today? Again, from Solomon to remind us to keep control of our tongue. And what I'm telling you today is you'll need the Lord's help to accomplish these things. You'll need the Holy Spirit to help control your words. Now, if you'll look here with me this morning, this is the main thing I want to get across today to our Christian family here today. I think this is so important. Now, more than ever, we need believers to talk, to speak, to write like believers. Hear me out. Look at the next phrase here. In a social media world filled with hatred and cruelty, believers should speak the truth, but with what? With civility and respect. Are you hearing the Lord today? We need to speak the truth. Amen? Yes, speak the truth as the Lord puts on your heart. But we live in an age, and I, you guys have seen the same thing, where people that I know who profess the Lord, who get on a social media discourse, and with that anonymity, they blast and completely disrespect other people while they try to share their point of view. The word of the Lord challenges us today. Yes, speak the truth, but do it with control. Your words matter. They do. What you say even to your own spouse, even to your own kids, they matter. Wendy's Uncle Tim is one of my heroes in my life. He would always correct someone. If, if someone ever tried to mock a child and call them dumb or stupid, he said, you don't want them to live up to the names that you're calling them. So you speak words that are words that will lift them up because your words matter. Again, hear me out carefully this morning. In some cases, it is believers who are destroying the witness and the power of the church through their inappropriate words. Ask the Lord to help us with our tongue. Ask for help to know when to speak and when to be quiet. And even as we talked about Wednesday night, ask to know when to admonish and when to encourage. Do you know the difference? Again, my mother and father are here today. I'm so glad they're here. And there's been times that I'm sure they were debating which way to go. And sometimes I got the admonishment. I didn't like it. <laughs> but I'm so much better for it. But sometimes they could see how defeated I was, and I got encouragement. And I'm so much better for that, too. We need the Lord to help us control our words. You cannot tame the tongue. Look down at verse 7. All kinds of animals and birds and reptiles and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. You guys have been to the zoo and the shows. You've seen the amazing things, right? But no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. A woman once came to John Wesley and said she knew what her talent was. And she said, I think my talent from God is to speak my mind. John Wesley replied, I don't think God would mind if you buried that talent. <laughs> right? Again, what I'm challenging you today is that 
we can try to control our tongue, but the tongue cannot be tamed. It is something that you're going to need the help of the Lord to control it, to guard it, so that you can receive life when you speak. So here's the way to do that this morning, and we kind of wrap things up just a little bit here today. If you want to tame the tongue, you've got to change the heart. Right? Let that settle in today. If you want to tame the tongue, you've got to change the heart. Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, the words of Jesus. Again, speaking to the Pharisees, you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. What is happening there is your character has been revealed, right? You guys may have all heard when we were younger, I played a little bit of basketball. I know some of you played different sports. I think Sonny, you played some basketball, didn't you? <laughs> right? Um, they were trying to teach us that, well, sports builds character, right? That's why you're doing sports. It builds character. But what did we really learn as we grew older about sports? Sports doesn't build character. What's it do? It reveals it, right? Have you ever been with anybody that's playing, doesn't get their way, and they throw a little temper tantrum? My middle brother's not here today, so I'll, you can talk to Corey. Oh, man, it's amazing that somebody you have great respect for and you put them on a softball field, you put them on a golf course, you put them in a fishing tournament, and all of a sudden what happens? They find ways to, for a competitive edge, right? And again, you can fight hard and you can play hard in sports, but it's amazing how many times that, that pressure cooker of sports reveals the character of the person. The same is true here. Your words are revealing the character that is inside of you. They're revealing your heart. So if you need your words to change, what you really need is your heart to change. And I need my heart to change. The mouth speaks from the overflow. Slander or exaggeration or lying or cruelty or malicious words, these are not just someone speaking their mind. They come from the heart. Again, if you're having problems with controlling your tongue, you don't just need more discipline. You need a change in the heart. Now, the good thing is we know somebody that does that. Amen? He takes people who have been in some of the hardest, roughest, toughest situations, who have had terrible patterns for years and years, who have filled their mind and their senses with so many inappropriate things, and then they give their heart to the Lord, and he cleanses them of that, and all of a sudden what comes out of their mouth is what's coming out of their heart, and it's good things. And the Lord can change our hearts, and that's why we celebrate him even today. Look here with me at the end of this passage. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives, a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. The tongue is used for good things. Here, what's James say it's used for that's good? I even saw a couple people this morning raising their hands and praising the Lord, right? With the tongue, we can praise the Lord. But what's the problem that James points out in this passage? What were some of the people in the church doing? Praise the Lord! Praise. And everywhere we went in India, it was so awesome. When we would greet people, because we didn't know their language, they didn't necessarily know ours, what would they do? 
Paul would go, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, right? All the believers we met. We're always saying praise the Lord. But James says the problem here is that there are people who are praising the Lord, but they are cursing the brother, right? Did you see what that Ray did the other day? He just drives me crazy. I, he's such a, oh man, I can't even stand him. Oh, Ray, how you doing today? Good to see you. Right? Out of the same mouth. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, I can't stand so-and-so. Or I hate them. They drive me crazy. Out of the same mouth. Brothers, this cannot be, right? That's what Peter, or excuse me, what James is saying to the, the, the church there. It cannot be this way. It, it is a matter of the heart. The tongue reveals what is in the heart. Don't tame the tongue. Change the heart. Now hear me out this morning, and we're finishing up right here. When we first come to Christ, when we first ask him into our life, it is about these things. It is about repentance, submission, surrender, and faith. That's what coming to Christ is. Repentance is a turning. So if I'm going this direction and I'm coming to the Lord, he's over there, I'm going to have to turn and just say, I'm forsaking what was this way and I'm going to go to the Lord. That's repentance. Submission is this idea, and this is where it gets hard, is submitting my will to God's will, and surrender is giving myself to God. How many of you like to be in control? Really? I love to be in control. Let me be in control, right? And we know that that is what is so many of our issues and our problems. But coming to Christ is about letting go and control and ultimately trusting that he is who he said he is. Now here's what I want to say to you believers this morning. Hear the word of the Lord. This does not change when we walk with the Lord. If you're having a problem controlling your tongue today, go back to where you started, right? Go back to repentance. Go back to submission. Go back to surrender. Go back to faith and let the Lord change your heart. This is from Nancy Ortberg today. She says, I am by words and actions constantly revealing the state of my heart. When we lived in a small valley town in California, I was Christmas shopping one day. It was rather late in the season. I had to run out and get a few last-minute things. At Christmas time, you know what it's like simply to find a parking spot in the jungle. I finally spotted this old couple walking very slowly to their car. I thought, if I can follow them down the aisle and wait for them to get in their car, that parking space will be mine. So I waited patiently with my blinker on. The couple put their gifts in the trunk, and he opened the door for his wife. And I thought, well, there's no time for chivalry. Get in that car and go. <laughs> they pulled out slowly, and as I was ready to turn in, a beat-up old van pulled in front of me and took my space. Well, I got out of my car, and I had a chat with the driver. Had my mother been there, she would have washed my mouth out with soap. I chatted so long and hard and with such interesting words that he backed out of the parking space. I felt good initially. I thought, I'm good. I stood up for my rights. I'm pretty feisty. But then the verse came into my head that says, The things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, and these make a man unclean. The painful truth is the Bible says the condition of my heart is reflected by what comes out of my mouth and how I live my life. The challenge today is very simple. What are you doing with your words? It can be for life. It can be for death. 
And if you guard your words, you'll guard your life. And ultimately, where I want to go today is, do you need a change of heart? We want to be very simple and clear today. Uh, you'll know, if you know me, you'll know I'm not some big intellectual person. But the truth of the gospel is this. If I repent of my sins and ask the Lord to come into my life, if I submit and surrender to him, he will come in and change my heart, and he fills me with joy and hope and a future. And that's what we're celebrating today. We'll let Sunny share it in her own words in just a little bit. But we're so excited about what she is doing, about what our other friends are doing today. We know that we need the Lord to do the work in our heart. If you would stand this morning, we're going to ask Miss Ida and Ray to come. And we're just going to sing a, a simple uh, song. This is a time of reflection for us. And so what we'd encourage you to do while you're standing there is just to examine your heart. And ask the Lord if you need a change in your heart. Ask him to change your heart. If you want to come, we have what's called here at the front of our church, we call this altar. And we invite everyone that would like to ever come and they can come and bring a friend. We don't want people to have to come by themselves, but they come, bring a friend, and they can pray. And here at this altar, many people have come to this place to ask the Lord to change their heart. And so today, as we uh, have a moment here where we're going to sing, if the Lord is speaking to your heart, we would encourage you to come today to pray and to seek the Lord because he's the one who can change your heart. And if you want to take your hymnal, we're singing from hymn number 366, I Surrender All. Hymn number 366. Miss Ida, keep playing for just a second. If you would bow your heads for just a moment. I think you guys know today we don't come in our own power and our own authority. We come to hear from the Lord and hear from the words of the Lord. And so today, there quietly in your pew, I would have you just ask the Lord, Hey, Lord, are things okay with me and you? Is my life, is it submitted to you? Is it surrendered to you? Am I ready to meet you? And if you have any question in your heart today about those things, we'd encourage you to pray. But even after that, we'd encourage you to seek any of us out today and say, hey, I really want to, to know more about how I can have a relationship with the Lord. I want to make sure that my heart is right and that my tongue is right, that I'm guarding my lips, Lord, that my life, uh, my tongue is seeking life and not death. So just this morning, a moment of quiet, if you would, just take a moment here together and pray quietly. And in just a minute, I'll have prayer. And then we'll be dismissed for this part of our service.